Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Therein lies one of the crucial pieces of why it's so hard to become parenting partners together because we're in love, no doubt, and our relationship's going well and we see this person as, you know, kind of a an opportunity to experience connection and all of that stuff. Beginning. And like we said, we're in that bliss bubble. And so we think we're just going to merge and mm-hmm. it's going to be great. But what we find is, wait a second, you have your single parent family culture. And I've got my single parent family culture. And instead of merging, what we do is we end up clashing. We have culture clash Mm -hmm. because the way I raise my kids is different than the way you raise your kids. And what can be more painful than somebody telling you you're not raising your kids right? Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And that's the underlying message that comes through when we're trying to correct each other's Mm -hmm. parenting. Welcome to All Things Parenting, where we introduce you to experts who share proven approaches to parenting, co-parenting, and step-parenting that we were never taught and need now more than ever. Parenting is one of the most important and difficult roles we take on. And even with married parents, it's by no means an easy job. Divorcing parents are faced with the added trauma of divorce, the overwhelm and exhaustion from single parenting, the wide-ranging, thorny challenges of co-parenting, and the monumental effort needed when you enter into a blended family with hers, his, ours, and all the exes. We need rock-solid skills, approaches, guidance, and support, and that's what All Things Parenting is designed to offer. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Parenting. Today, we're talking about step parenting and the three keys to setting up your new family for success. Uh, We're going to be talking today about how to become effective parenting partners. We're going to look at the culture clash of parenting, and we're going to drill down into clarity in creating core values to parent by. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, Kim and Mike Anderson are with us today. They were with us in our Healthy Romantic Relationship series. And just a little bit about our guests. They have been serving couples living in step families for over 20 years. They help couples move from a place of confusion 
and conflict to a life of confidence and connection. And they offer a weekly podcast packed with practical tools and strategies. And they personally coach couples in areas of marriage and parenting in blended families. Welcome, Mike and Kim Anderson. Thanks, Karen. Hi, good to be, to be here. Back. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Before we jump in, what's the name of your podcast? I want to say that right off the bat. <laughs> well, right now it's called the Blended Family Coaching Show. However, we're talking about a name change, so yep. we're working on it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 look for Mike and Kim Anderson, and for yes. now, the Blended Family Coaching Show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So thanks so much for joining us again. We had such a great conversation last time, and this is mm -hmm. such a key piece here for people who have mm -hmm. emerged from divorce and are falling in love and thinking yeah. about uh, tying the knot again. Mm -hmm. And what are the things that they need to be looking at and the complexities that they're going to deal with? Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny when we're when we're nearly or newly blended, we're, we're sort of in that bliss bubble still. Yeah. And our expectation is we are going to blend or just kind of merge. And, you know, the kids, sure, we we recognize we might have a few bumps in the road, but overall, it's going to be great because I'm just so in love and this person's different and my kids are going to love him or her and it's going to be awesome. And it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, I was definitely in a bliss bubble when yeah. we first got together. But yeah, absolutely. We have this this kind of magical thinking. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and it's very common to have magical thinking around how parenting is going to work once mm -hmm. we're all under one roof. Yeah. Because dating is different. You know, when you're dating, yeah, you're meeting each other's kids and you're spending time with them, but it's limited time. Mm -hmm. And usually there's a fun activity or something going on. And so it's not like the daily grind of, of life. Mm -hmm. And and so they kind of we kind of go in expecting, oh, yeah, you know, their kids are great. and They're warming up to me and we're having a good time here. And then everyone moves under one roof yeah. and things change dramatically. Exactly. It's not what we normally would expect, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we struggle with all kinds of things, just like any couple does mm -hmm. uh, around all different pieces of our marriage or of our relationship. But one of the things that we've found, the more and more couples that we support, one of the most difficult pieces is figuring out how to become effective parenting partners. Right. Because we've been doing parenting for a while, right? Ever <laughs> since our kids were born. I know how to raise my kids. Right. Like, I know what's right and wrong. What do you mean? Don't tell me how to <laughs> raise my kids. You, <laughs> right. And right. so we get into this, uh, we go from this bliss bubble to suddenly being blindsided once we get under one roof. And that's really challenging. It's really challenging. Yeah. I mean, there were there are just so many different ways to parent kids, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, hundreds of ways to parent children. Mm -hmm. and so I recall when we were talking in our last interview, the thing that stuck with me so much was, Kim, I think you were describing how you had um, this relationship with your daughter. You had this groove with your daughter and there was so much going mm -hmm. on. So it's like, so if each couple has their own way for some period of time between the divorce and the remarriage, right? Can you just talk to, so, so, so here you have a way with her and you have a relationship with her. How does that impact? How does that change or what happens when you end up 
blending and going under one roof? Mm. Well, often, you know, those single parent years, parents are dealing with, you know, some guilt or some fear or some kind of, you know, you've come through trauma. Mm. Divorce is traumatizing. And so a lot of bio parents tend to lean towards the permissive side. And that was definitely me, Mm. where my daughter kind of ran the show and she made a lot of the decisions. And and we find that so common because, you know, our kids have been through so much and now we want to focus on them and we want things to be easy for them. And we kind of think we can make up for this trauma that they've gone through. And so we lean towards permissive parenting. Um, and that can be challenging. Yeah. So, I mean, Annika, my daughter, Annika did not have a bedtime. Here's just an example of our very first fight between Mike and I. Um, she didn't have a bedtime. She went to bed whenever she wanted. She mm-hmm. just kind of ran the show. There wasn't a lot of structure or boundaries. And she was four. Yeah. Five. She was four or five. Yeah. And, and Mike came on the scene and he's like, huh, I wonder if uh, it might be good for her to have a, a routine and a scheduled bedtime. And <laughs> and I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know, because I immediately became offended. And yeah. that's that's the other dynamic that happens is when an incoming step parent starts to notice some of these things that they see as gaps a lot of times yep. or things that maybe need to change. You're like, wait, my kids have a routine. They yeah. go to bed at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Well, how are we going to reconcile that? Exactly. Yeah. Or my kids eat healthy foods. You let your kids eat mm-hmm. junk. I mean, there can be hundreds. Or my of kids things. have screen time limits. What about, why don't your kids? Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I, I am hearing it loud and clear. <laughs> oh, that yeah. list Absolutely. could get very long. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and especially teenagers. The yeah. longer the single parent has has been in permissive mode. And and once these kids start to become preteens, teens, and they're used to making the decisions, mm-hmm. boy, that's, that's a recipe for a lot of uh, power struggles. Yeah. And so therein lies one of the crucial pieces of why it's so hard to become parenting partners together, because we're in love, no yeah. doubt, and mm-hmm. our relationship's going well. And we see this person as, you know, kind of a an opportunity to experience connection and all of that stuff. Beginning. And like we said, we're in that bliss bubble. And so we think we're just going to merge and it's mm-hmm. going to be great. But what we find is, wait a second, you have your single parent family culture and I've got my single parent family culture. And instead of merging, what we do is we end up clashing Collide. We have culture clash mm-hmm. because the way I raise my kids is different than the way you raise your kids. And what can be more painful than somebody telling you you're not raising your kids right? Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And yes. that's the underlying message that comes through when we're trying to correct each other's mm-hmm. parenting. <laughs> right. And what do you feel more passionate about than the yeah. human beings you brought into the world? And it's like, don't exactly. be going there. Exactly. Don't, be, don't be crossing over that line. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I've raised this kid for 13 years yeah. and you've only been in the picture for 13 months. Yep. And who do you think who, you are? Who do you think you are? Wow. Yeah. 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 It's challenging. So, so let's start with the, um, you said, let's start with becoming effective parenting partners. So first mm-hmm. of all, you're going from being lovers to husband and wife, and then that parenting partner mm-hmm. has to come. So what, what does that piece look like? Yeah. 
Great question. <laughs> There's yeah. always struggle around that piece. Absolutely. And, you know, Mike came into our blend without any children. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have any parenting experience. And he came oh, But in. I knew what I was doing. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. you, you knew everything about parenting. You were an expert. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but he also had no history of what me and my daughter had gone through. Right. And that's, you know, that's part of the problem is the step parent comes in and they look at the child through the lens of responsibility first. Why aren't mm -hmm. you teaching this child to be respectful? Why aren't they doing chores? Mm -hmm. Why aren't there more boundaries? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Those are all good things. Whereas the bio parent looks at their child through the lens of love first, and they have that history and that context, and they know that child struggles. And so they are in a very different position emotionally. Mm -hmm. And so step parents, they bring great insight. Mm -hmm. I mean, step parents can definitely help a bio parent kind of get beyond their their parental blinders. And I definitely have parental blinders with my daughter. I minimized her poor behavior. I let her get away with stuff. I, I really did. Of course, I didn't want to look at those, but <laughs> they were there. <laughs> but Mike, actually, when we finally figured this out, and it took us years, I oh, mean, yeah. there was a lot of pain around parenting. But when we did finally figure out how to communicate, how to come together and talk about what we wanted for her and for our family, because we also have two children that came along um, together. Mutual children, mm -hmm. yep. What we really wanted, um, when I was able to hear his input and not get defensive or hurt, I realized, wow, he just, he's, he's bringing some good things to the table here. I just need to learn to hear it and then work together. Mm. And, and that took quite a while. Yeah. And, and we see that with, with couples that each bring kids in. That makes it even more complicated mm. because, like you said, you know, they each have their parenting grooves. Yeah. I have a I have a client right now um and so they've her and her guy have been in relationship for 3 or 4 years and mm -hmm. and they're really doing a good job of kind of doing their own personal work and they each have two children mm -hmm. and so the conversation is heading in that direction like okay it's been 4 years is it is it time yeah. and um and we're, we were talking about, you know, their differences. And so I'm wondering, like, when you start coaching a couple, are there, is there an assessment? Are there certain categories or are there um, typical uh, differences that, that you tend to see that cause the rub? Like, can we just talk a little bit? What does that look like? And, and what do you, how do you help them get on yeah. the same page? Uh, that's a great mm -hmm. question, Karen. I think at a fundamental level, one of the primary ways we help them to get on the same page is beginning to prioritize and then define what exactly they want for their home. What do they want to experience? So one of the early questions that we ask when we're helping them become partners mm -hmm. is we say, hey, I want you to imagine about 10, 15, maybe even 20 years into the future, and you're at a family barbecue. Both sides of the family are there. Everybody's there together. You might even have grandkids by then. Um, and you're just, you know, you're having a reasonably good time. And somewhere, somehow, somebody asks the question, hey, what was it like growing up in your home? 
what do you want to hear from your child? Mm-hmm. What do you wow. want? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I and love that question. It's mm-hmm. a it's a challenging question sometimes when we're going, oh yeah, well, what I want to hear is that they're loved and that it's stable and that I was hey, supported. Yeah, mom and stepdad, you know, they had some struggle, but they worked at it and they mm-hmm. did a good job. And we were, you know, um uh, accepted and like all kinds of things that we want to hear. And then we have to challenge ourselves with, okay, well, we're another day closer to that every single day. Yeah. So what are we doing today in order to reach that goal 20 years from now? So you really, it's brilliant. You're saying, okay, well, we, if we go to the airport and we don't know where we're going, what what plane do we get on? So like, let's exactly. figure out what's the destination. Yeah. Let's get clear on the destination so that then you can Not start quite. tracking toward it because otherwise you're yep. just kind of wherever you are, right? With exactly. the circumstances. Yeah, you're, you're winging it. Otherwise right. you're just trying to get through the day and you're in survival mode. And a lot of times there's inconsistencies. Right in what the kids experience. And that can be really tough for kids when they see different parenting mm-hmm. approaches one day and something different the next day. And, mm-hmm. But if we can, our, if we can identify where do we want to end up as yeah. a family, mm-hmm. you know, when these kids are launching out of our home, what is it that we want them to take with them? How do we mm-hmm. want to equip them for adulthood? Yeah. Right. So once when, we can, when, I was just going to say on that inconsistency when I was when I was going through my divorce um, and getting support from my kids. One of my statements about my ex-husband was that he was consistently inconsistent Yeah, <laughs> because you just you didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. and I remember my son's therapist talking about how that inconsistency can be so um, psychologically traumatizing to a child that it would be better to have a parent who always shows up mean or cold Mm. than to have someone who's warm and fuzzy one day and, you know, mean and angry the next day. And so, so that consistency, I would imagine is like such an important foundational piece. Absolutely. And and what's interesting is, you know, when we're doing this push-pull, trying to become parenting partners, and we're stuck in between, well, this is what I want to do with my kids, but this is what I want to do to please my partner. We call that the trap teammate. I'm stuck in between. I kind of feel like a rope, uh, you know, in a tug of war. Mm -hmm. And, And when that's occurring, often what the kids experience is an unpredictable parent, exactly mm-hmm. what, like what you're talking about. And they don't know what they're going to get. Yeah. And yeah. that, that leads to really poor outcomes over time. If yeah. we stay there. Yeah. And it's a, that's yeah. a real big danger zone. And so, so we, we want to build consistency and predictability. Yeah. And, and part of that unpredictability sometimes too is interpreted as favoritism Mm -hmm. or it's interpreted as double standards in the home. Some couples have so much conflict around it. It's like, okay, fine. You just parent your kids your way and I'll parent my kids my way. And now all of a sudden this divide that's growing in the home of these two tribes, so to speak, actually grows 
deeper and deeper yeah. and we become enemies rather than partners. Yeah, it's two families living under one roof. Yeah. It's not a blended family and exactly. the kids notice, you know, how right. can we have to do chores, but stepdad's kids don't have to do chores. Exactly. Oh my God. I can only imagine the level mm-hmm. of reactivity, resentment, mm-hmm. confusion, Absolutely. and even the kids then probably getting at each yeah. other and, yeah. and, it's, and, and it damages the step relationships. For sure. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, love just isn't enough there. We just need a lot mm-hmm. more than love, don't we, when it comes we to these things? Yeah. Exactly. We need trust and stability as well. Right. Yeah. And so if the couple can come together and start having these conversations around what is important to us, mm-hmm. what are the values that we want to live out in our home? Mm-hmm. And then how do we talk to the kids about that, invite them into the conversation mm-hmm. and live it out as a family? Right. That's the goal. And that helps people get on the same page. We're headed in the same direction. You're not headed one way with your kids and I'm going the other way with mine. Mm -hmm. No, we're we're all headed in the same direction and we're all living out these values to the best of our ability. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to have grace for each other as well, but we're learning and growing Mm -hmm. together. Right. So, so here you're saying, so the first step is becoming effective parenting partners, having them kind of define the goal with where yeah. what what they want and then move toward it. Is there anything else on that piece before we look at the um, culture clash, which sounds <laughs> like a lot? Well, I think, you know, uh, this idea of understanding the culture clash and understanding how we're going to set up a, a system of values within our home, that's all kind of under the umbrella of becoming parenting partners. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, you know, we identify that, that destination. You use the analogy of, you know, hopping on a plane, not knowing where the heck we're going, yeah. what plane do we get on? <laughs> That's great. And actually, as we work through the process in order to curb the culture clash so that we can all move forward and begin to blend as a family unit, so to speak, um, that's where we, we really need to focus on. We, we call it you're identifying your desired destinations mm-hmm. where you want to mm. end up. Yeah. And, and we work on how do we identify the values, the character traits and the life skills that we want to see our kids kind of adopt as they head into adulthood. So when they're turning 18, graduating high school, getting ready to head off to college, these are some of the things that we say, hey, if we can get these three to five things into our kids before they head out into the world, we're going to, we're going to high five each other. And, and, and that's a win for us. Yeah. Right. But that's a challenging conversation. Yeah. And one of the biggest challenges is not to get overwhelmed. Exactly. Typically what we see are couples coming together and they start to notice, Oh, wait a minute. You know, I don't know if I like how your kids eat food up in their rooms and Oh, uh, well, I don't like how your kids leave dirty towels all over the floor. Mm -hmm. And they start to notice all these things. And all of a sudden they have these long lists of do's and don'ts, you Mm -hmm. know, all the rules of the house. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no eating in your room. Yeah, Put the dishes this, in the dishwasher. Pick up Dude. your towels off the floor. Put your backpack yeah. away. Put your shoes mm-hmm. away. Put your shoes on the rack. Don't leave yeah. your bike in the driveway. Just on Turn your lights and off. On and you on. Don't <laughs> leave your dishes on the counter. <laughs> on and on. And the you're, kids. You're laughing because yeah. you've been there, right? <laughs> you've heard it. And and that's what typically happens. And then they, you know, a lot of times we 
we hear from them and they're in crisis mm. because they're constantly in conflict over, well, their kids don't follow the rules and their kids don't listen to me. Yeah. Well, everyone's overwhelmed. Yeah. The kids oh are God. completely overwhelmed. Now they're being asked to do all these new things they've never had to do before. Mm. And they're, they've are they got this step parent standing over them, kind of nitpicking every little thing they do, which is going to impact that relationship, sadly. Mm-hmm. And they've got you know, they themselves are completely overwhelmed. Now the bio parent is now in charge of enforcing all these new rules that they may Mm -hmm. not even think are that important or even care about. Which long-term isn't going to happen because if you don't care about it, why would you enforce it? Yeah, exactly. And then the step parent's upset because you didn't enforce the rules. And so there's your culture. Yeah, there's your culture (laughs) clash in a nutshell. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like like a, a serious collision. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Sure. So so this is really interesting, because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, we, we can even kind of go 30,000 feet up in the sky and go, well, when when you get married, there's the way you were raised. There's mm-hmm. the way your ex was raised. And mm-hmm. therefore, there's the way you raise your kids. And now your kids might still be going to their act to the ex. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've got you, they've got this new parent, they've got yep. their uh, step siblings who have a different ex. And so, yep. you've got, so, so when we start talking about culture and I just think about how different me and my ex-husband were raised. And then it's like, if I went out and met someone else, now you you're basically you almost have like four cultures mm-hmm. clashing for the kids. Yeah. Um, that's that's like really complex. It, yeah. it can be. That's why uh, John and Emily Vischer say step families don't have a family tree. They have a family forest. Yep. Yeah. It's all it's connected. Huge. It's all connected and yeah. it impacts. It impacts. But yeah. what you've just brought up there, Karen, is one of the reasons why this process is so important. And I'm thinking of a couple we, we coached not too long ago. The husband was raised in the South. And things were very formal and you called, you know, sir and ma'am and kids had very, you know, strict manners. And there was this expectation mm-hmm. of how children of should behave. Yeah. yeah tons yeah. of etiquette. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. It, well, she was not raised that way. Yeah. She was raised, you know, completely West different. Coast. Yeah. Yep. So they're arguing over what does respect mean? Because he's saying, well, your kids are so respectful because yeah, your kids are so disrespectful because they rolled their eyes at me. Mm-hmm. And she's going, why is that disrespect? I don't think Big that's deal. disrespect. Disrespect to me is slamming a door. So we have these different ideas of what these values even mean. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That's based on what we were raised with and what our expectations Mm -hmm. are around how children should and shouldn't be behaving. And we come into this with all these different ideas. Mm -hmm. And then we go to talk about it. Like we had this too. For Mike, disrespect was my daughter leaving clutter all over the house. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'm like, big deal. She's five. Of course, she's going to leave clutter all over the house. Why is that yeah, disrespectful? She should be picking up after herself and doing her own dishes. And I mean, this yeah. is an adult. So we got to get her some responsibility. Yeah, here, right? <laughs> you were all over that. Oh, yeah, I was all over that. <laughs> but I never I, I couldn't understand why that felt disrespectful to him until yeah. we sat down and talked about it. Mm-hmm. And when I was calm and he was able to calmly explain, you know, it just it feels disrespectful when I have to, you know, move her stuff out of the way just to sit down in my own home. Yeah. 
And then I, you know, it started to to make sense to me. Yeah, I, I can understand why that might feel really uncomfortable for you. And then we had to come together and figure out how we were going to manage this area of respect without overwhelming me and overwhelming my daughter. Mm-hmm. And we see that play out over and over and over with the couples that we work with. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a danger danger zone or a slippery slope because at first when we say, well, you know, let's talk about your values and how are your values aligned? Well, we just spent all this time dating and we're so in love and like we're so connected. Like, of course, we have the same yeah. family values. <laughs> what are you asking, Mike and Kim? Yeah. This is a stupid <laughs> question, right? And and then we get on, oh, well, okay, great. What is important? Well, respect. Oh, of course, respect is important. Everybody, responsibility. Sometimes gratitude comes in. Sometimes uh, a, a sense of adventure comes in. Like all, all kinds of different values and ideas come in and and the, and it's like so we must be good we're aligned because yeah. we're both think respect is important <laughs> using these words and exactly. saying we and totally all, agree on the words yeah <laughs> totally and then all it takes sometimes is to just ask one partner hey can you define respect for me and as their mm-hmm. new spouse sits and listens to the definition they get the little furrowed brow and they're like wait what <laughs> that's what respect means to you So what they don't realize is that they're using the same words, but they're speaking a different language. Mm -hmm. And that creates a lot of confusion. And so we have to sort that out. We have to get actual definitions that honor both partners so that we can agree on what does respect actually mean? What does responsibility actually mean? And, so and you often, really help people get granular. It's like if yes. we're just if we're just on yes. the surface here, we're all going to be like, yep, we're good. Exactly. We're all good. Yeah. This is exactly. great. But yeah. when you start getting granular, then yes. then your culture, your background, your upbringing, all of that comes mm-hmm. into play in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we've got to get to that clarity mm-hmm. so that we can both be confident in what we're supposed to be doing on a day in day out basis when it comes to parenting. Mm -hmm. We also want to have clarity around the things that we don't need to worry about. Right. Because like Kim just said a little while ago, we get this big scroll of all these house rules and the kids don't know which ones they're supposed to follow. And we don't know which ones we're supposed to enforce. And we're not sure, well, what ones do we let go or not let go? And the things that are important to me on this list are not as important to you and everybody's confused. Mm-hmm, it's right. such a big struggle. And then we just give up and, yeah. we, and then we're not living out any values. Yeah. And then we get we're to just, you parent just, your kids your way yeah, and I'll parent my kids. We're just winging it again. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. And now it's two family. You're back to two families under mm-hmm. one roof and no blending. Yeah. So so you guys are saying, and I, I, I'm such a big fan of doing values work. And so so you see the clash. You know, you're feeling the rub, you know, everyone's a little bit less than thrilled. Um, and you then bring them together and say, well, let's let's figure out the core values. And can you walk us through how do you do that when there are so many values that one Absolutely. might have? Yeah. your friends and loved ones deeply care about you. But if you're honest, while they mean well, when it comes to your divorce, they just don't get it. And sometimes you leave those conversations feeling even more isolated. 
If you're lonely and craving connection and support, check out our high-conflict divorce support group, where an intimate group of 12 people gather from the comfort of their homes to hear, see, and encourage each other, while our JBD team of coaches provide emotional support and practical guidance. There's no reason to take this journey alone. If you've been yearning for support, go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash HCDSG and register today. In, in our coaching and, and we have an online course as well called Step Families That Make It. And within that, we, we have, you know, different um, uh, actions or activities that we're going to do together. So one of the first things we have is we've got a two-sided worksheet that's got uh, values, life skills, and character traits listed on it. And, you know, it's interesting because it's two pages, fairly there's small font, and there's a lot. And none of them are bad. Like none of them are, oh, all you know, you're, you're reading through it and you're like, okay, well, I, I'm not saying I don't want these things, <laughs> but what are the ones that are most important? So often what we have them do is we have them print out the page, two copies, separate, mark all the ones that are most important to them individually. Then we come together and compare that and say, okay, where's the common ground? Yeah. This is the starting point, mm-hmm. finding that common ground of what's really important. And then once we can get those words, that's when we start in on on starting to define them. But one of the one of the keys to the whole thing is also prioritizing them. Because yeah. often they'll find that their common ground, they've got 12, 15, 20 different values or character traits or life skills that are important to them. And that's true. We all have mm-hmm. those things. We want to install sure. a lot of things in our kids. Yeah. But we can't juggle all that. Yeah especially not right now. Too much. So what we have them do is work through a system of prioritizing those so that we can get to the top three to five that are most important right now. In this season. That, and, and right now means like the next 90 to 120 days. So and this is a living, changing yeah. process. It's, yes, mm-hmm. it's an iterative process so that by the time we get to, you know, that, that, uh, the initial three to five, we're going to live that for mm-hmm. for 90 days, 120 days, maybe six months at the most. And we're going to put a date night on the calendar so that we can just sit and it's a working date of, okay, let's go through each one of these. And how are we doing? Yeah. How, how are, are the, the kids, kids responding and which mm-hmm. kids are responding well, and which ones are struggling? And hey, you know, when we find one where, where we're like firing on all cylinders, Great. We're not removing that from the list, but now we have the capacity to take one of those ones that were lower on the priority list and begin to bring it Mm -hmm. up. Or, boy, we've got a kid. So we had one of our kids in one season that was really struggling being honest with us. And so we had a lot going on, but we said, oh, boy, this honesty thing, trustworthiness, it's Mm got to move to the top of the list right now because we're dealing with a very acute problem. And within a few months of us continuing to focus, focus on it, talk about it, make bring clarity of what it meant in our home mm-hmm. to be trustworthy and honest, within a few months, boy, she really she turned, turned it around and started and, building trust. Yeah, and it was great. And so it's a it's this living, breathing process, but it actually simplifies our parenting 
-hmm. It helps us to get on the same page on a daily basis. That's the beautiful part because it's values based, Mm -hmm. not rules based. Right. And you can. What's what's so interesting is it's like, well, shouldn't every set of parents blended (laughs) or not be doing this? I mean, that's just that's just brilliant. It just makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, we're shocked at how many people have not had these discussions and they've mm-hmm. been together for years and they have yep. not talked mm-hmm. about what they want for their kids. Mm-hmm. Then when they actually sit down to do it and they go through the process, they come back and they're just like, wow, this was so great. I mean, yeah. they really enjoy it. They have these great conversations and they feel so connected mm-hmm. and it's, it's amazing, but it, mm-hmm. it is kind of surprising that, yeah. that people don't talk about these things. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's important mm-hmm. for any Everyone, couple to yeah. have these the conversations, but the process is so different mm-hmm. because a, a first family couple, they, they're both there when that child's born yeah. and they're doing these little bumps and bruises and negotiations a little tiny from bit at one. a time from day yeah. one. It's kind of yeah. like riding the kitty roller coaster, right? There's some ups and downs, but they're, they're pretty mi- minor and we're kind of up and down a little bit here and there. In a blended situation, sometimes kids are coming in, they're 16 years yeah. old. You know, we've got, gee, hey, we got 10 kids and they range from age seven to 16. <laughs> it's like, whoa, now them. we're on the, the yeah, Magic the, Mountain the roller big, coaster huge. and there's some big ups and big yeah. downs and we've got to figure out how to level that out. Yeah. And so, so we just find it so important for couples, especially nearly and newly blended couples. Although I will say we've had the opportunity to help couples who've been in it for five, seven, 10 years, and it radically resets their home. Mm -hmm. Wow. It it puts them on the same page more than they've been for years. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to dig in a little bit more to this. This, this is really interesting. So you're talking about values, character traits, and life skills. And Mm -hmm. so you guys have talked about respect, responsibility, and then just Mm -hmm. recently integrity or trust and Mm -hmm. honesty. Um, uh, What are, just list off for us the, the typical, if there is such a thing, like kind of the, Mm -hmm. the common top 10 or something when it comes to values. Yeah. What are some that you come to mind for you? Well, definitely respect and responsibility. Those Those are the top two. two. Yeah. Sometimes kindness or thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times uh, active lifestyle Mm -hmm. and nutrition. Um, It seems like the Mm -hmm. dinner table is a big uh, (laughs) (laughs) war zone for blended families. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think of uh, moderation. Oh, yeah. Moderation is a huge one. We hear a lot about generosity. We hear couples talking about faith, if that's a part of their Mm -hmm. journey. Um, And, and, you know, some of the life skills things, too. It's like cooking. We got to we want to learn how to to do those things or to know how to clean and cook. Absolutely. Healthy communication is one that that makes Mm -hmm. the list quite often. We want to speak kindly to one another. Yeah. There's all kinds of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the most important part of the process is once we once we choose the word, then we identify um, the priority mm-hmm. and we work within those top three to five. Then we start doing the hard work of, of creating a, a description of what that word means. Mm-hmm. It's one to two sentences. Simple. And it's something that every age range of the kids can understand. Mm-hmm. So whatever ah. the youngest, whoever the youngest mm-hmm. child is, we need to word the value or we need to word this desired destination that we call it. 
Um, we need to word it in such a way that that youngest child can understand with the exception of like toddlers and, and things yeah, like that. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if we walk them through the process of presenting it to their children in a way yep. that invites them in. And the message is, these are things we want for you, mm-hmm. not what we want from you. Yeah. This is not about compliance. Right. This is about everyone coming together to uh, equip get these kids equipped for the next stage in life. And so when you're talking about things like uh, respect, you know, boy, this is an important value you're going to need in your life. Someday you're going to have a boss Mm -hmm. and you're going to need to know how to respect that person. And Mm -hmm. someday you're going to be in a relationship and mutual respect is so important. And this is something we want to model in our home. And so you give the kids that vision of what they want for themselves and what you want for them. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this isn't a a value statement for the kids. It's for our family. Everyone. That means the adults need to be in on it (laughs) as well. We're going first. Yeah. Yeah. They have to walk the walk is I believe. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. You know, I described those worksheets we have where, mm-hmm. you know, they're checking off all the things on the list. We had one, one dad, one time, it was really funny. We, I mean, he just had almost everything checked. He's like, yeah. Oh, I want all, all of these. these are all great. Yeah. And I said, okay, that's, that's awesome. Now, what I want you to do is be sure that you don't check anything that you're not willing to live out yourself. And he was like, Oh, Okay, I need to erase some of these. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because because it's really easy to slip into the yeah. compliance mindset of this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to expect from the kids. Where we really first need to look at ourselves and say, what am I going to expect from me? Because I can't ask my kids to do anything that I'm not yeah. willing to. If I'm not going to be respectful to my partner, then how can I expect my kids to be respectful yeah. to her? Kids can sniff out a hypocrite a mile away oh, yeah. and they will call yeah. you on it. Oh, yeah. So if you're not willing to walk the walk, you can't expect your kids to or walk the talk. Yeah, so that's that's great. And I'm wondering, going back to that earlier laundry list of the bike in the driveway, (laughs) the towels on the floor and the dishwasher not being uh, emptied and all of this. How Mm -hmm. does doing this work and developing those three to five and defining them and and sharing Mm -hmm. them and kind of setting that, you know, 90, 90 to whatever days, how does that impact all of the day-to-day annoyances that, that, that parents deal with? Um, How does, how does that connect? Such a a great question. (laughs) This is one of my favorite questions, actually, because this is where the rubber meets the road. Mm. And and one of the danger zones of creating this, we call it a code of conduct. Some parents call it a mission statement, some a value statement. It doesn't really matter what we title it. The danger zone, though, when we do this thing is we put it in writing somehow. Whether all it's this work, you know, a simple, yep, a simple worksheet that we put on the refrigerator or, you know, we've had couples very creative, have a whiteboard by the dinner table or one one couple. Uh, she was um, she a did big uh, canvas. Yeah, like, big canvas yeah. and was very artistic and it was super cool. That, that's great. Like, let's display it. And we want that. We tell everybody, OK, we need to get it in words and we need to get it on, you know, put up home. somewhere where we can reference it. But like many of us were busy and, and, you know, life catches on and pretty soon it just becomes a plaque on the wall. We walk by and we don't actually live it. We just go back to life as normal. 
So it's our it's our job as parents to constantly be evaluating, okay, is this a violation of a value? So if these are the top five values we're going to focus on, and I'm thinking about behavior that I'm witnessing, whether it's in myself, my partner, or any of the kids, Mm -hmm. can I articulate why it's a violation of that value? If I can't, number one, I got to question, why am I calling this person on that behavior? let it go. Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes the best decision we can make is to let it go Mm -hmm. sometimes, but we've got to figure out, can I actually define that as a violation of the value? And if I can, then we, we teach a really simple approach to um, holding people accountable within Mm -hmm. the house. That's not super punitive. Uh, Why didn't you put your bike away? That's not responsible. Why didn't you shut your lights off in your bedroom? That's not responsible, right? Go do it right now. And that's kind of the approach. I'm I'm very guilty of leaning into that approach. But what I've discovered, especially when our kids hit the teen years, Mm -hmm. is asking is attracting and telling is repelling. And so when I love that, I'm a big tell, ask, (laughs) you know, uh, ask more than you tell. But I love that. Asking is say that again. Asking is attracting. Telling is repelling. Is repelling. I so agree with that. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to hear what you have to It applies to adults, too. It applies to adults. That's right. Yeah, we, we treat each other this way. So so what we want to try to do is set up the opportunity for a child to cognitively connect their behavior with the value. And their, their little brain hasn't developed yet. And so they need help connecting mm-hmm. that. And when I say... What do you do? Why'd you leave your bike in the driveway? Go pick it up right now. They're walking out. They're going, man, dad's kind of a jerk, right? I'm telling them to go take care of this. And what did I, at what point in that conversation did I ever point toward the value of responsibility? So now they're no, now they're more focused on the parent yeah, being the bad guy than they are on their own behavior. And they're not going to go, oh, dad, you're so right. I violated the value of responsibility. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll go, I'll never do that no. again. Like that's not how a teenage brain works or a child's <laughs> brain works. So what do we do? Instead of telling, we're going to ask a really simple question and we can do the same exact format for all of our values every single time. And it's the beginning of the conversation when it's time to, to talk to the child about a violation. We just say, Hey, Hey, Johnny, Uh, I'm wondering how the bike in the driveway upholds our value of responsibility. And just be quiet. And you're just calmly pointing out, asking, help me understand. Yeah. And if we take the time to think about it, almost every behavior that we could actually define as a violation toward a value, we should be able to connect it that way to our kids. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, time out, time out, kids. How, tell me how the way you're talking to each other right now upholds our value of respect. Right. Yeah. And in that moment, you you probably. <laughs> and in that moment, you probably get, well, but he did this and she did that. And you say, wait, 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 time out, time out. Help me understand how the way you're talking to each other right now upholds our value of respect. Oh, but he did. It. Well, hold on. Hold on. I asked a question. Help me understand how the way you talk to each other is hold upholding our value of respect. And usually if we're, if we're willing to stick with it, just be a broken record, ask that question over and over again, we can get to a much more productive conversation. And now the child is actually connecting 
their behavior to the value. Mm -hmm. And if we do that over and over and over and over again until they're headed to 18, we got so much better of a chance of them actually onboarding that value for themselves, Mm -hmm. owning it when they go to work someday, owning it when they have their own relationship someday. And so when we can just keep ourselves calm. Yeah, that's <laughs> And remember, key. asking is attracting, telling is repelling. I want to ask a question that helps them connect the value to the behavior and then let the conversation play out. Well, I guess you're right. The way we're talking to each other right now isn't, you know, isn't appalling. You're, you're right. Yeah. So what do we need to do differently? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. It doesn't always go that way. It's not a magic pill. You know, it doesn't. Sometimes kids still push against it yeah. and they struggle and whatnot. But man, if we can start there, it just sets the tone for the whole interaction. Absolutely. And I love because when you ask, you know, we all do so much unconsciously. And when you you ask a child to stop and and think about and articulate mm-hmm. um, their thought process or their behavior, that's that's the connection that if you're just like, wah, wah, go pick up yep. your bike, you yeah. know, that's, that's right. th- there's nothing being seeded and there's, there's no, like we want fertile soil for those seeds yeah. to, to sprout. Right. And that I love that asking is yeah. attracting, telling is repelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so telling is so impotent so often. And, yeah. and you're describing something that gosh, as a child just hears this, well, hold on a second. How does your behavior connect with over and mm-hmm. over? again there has to come a point where as they're about to toss their bike into the middle of the driveway there's an awareness that they wouldn't have have if you just criticized them and ordered them around Exactly. exactly that's right and the beautiful thing about this is that it works on the flip side too So when the child does make that connection and, you know, is about to throw the bike in the driveway and then remembers, oh, oh, wait a minute, you know, we're about responsibility and I need to be responsible. And they go and put their bike away where it's supposed to go. And you notice, wow, good job putting your bike away. That upholds our family's value of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, again, you're associating the positive behavior with the value Mm -hmm. and you're giving them motivation to keep doing it Mm -hmm. because you've noticed it and you're letting them know, I noticed it, way to go. Yeah. And so then they're going to hopefully continue to uphold that value because they see it's important and and they notice you're living it out Mm -hmm. as well. If you want to get really brave, (laughs) and this is for a very brave parent, um, give your kids permission to call you out when you're not living. Yeah, what about when you eat your back in the driveway? Yeah, Yeah. give your kids permission to say, hey, dad. uh, How does that behavior of yours uphold? Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. I know. I knew we were saying this kind of thing over and over and over again when when our son started being like, "Well, I'm wondering." I'm yeah. Like, oh, great. Now, oh, help, me un- yeah. Yeah. help me understand. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh boy. But, but that's a good thing. I'm excited yeah. that you know he's an adult now, and I'm excited that um, I get to see that type of communication in him because we've just set the stage for it. Yeah. The challenging part is pushing past the resistance. Yeah. Because kids. Well, they're sometimes resistant. And and I would say even more challenging than pushing past the kids resistance, it's pushing past our own resistance Mm. and building new habits. Yeah. You know, Kim's talking about the praise part. It's so easy for us to, you know, to 
give a simple praise. Hey, good job on that test or good job, you know, cleaning up your room or good job, you know, good job, good job, good job, good job. How often do we actually stop long enough to connect that behavior to a value and then actually verbalize the value? Mm -hmm. Good job ultimately doesn't really teach the kids things. Sure, it feels good. And yes, we're loving and all those things are good. But we totally miss the opportunity right in that moment to just make a simple connection to the value that we're hoping they're going to live out someday. Mm -hmm. And so it takes work to push through our own resistance and our own habits to actually make that happen. But once you do it, once you get it going and you start getting in the habit of it, um, it gets much, much easier. But it's work. This is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Well, and I just love that it is a living, breathing entity of its own because yeah. that also, if 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 you if you're booking your calendar for the mm-hmm. evaluation date and and just getting into the routine that that this is just this is part of how we flow. We yeah. right. We right. we set values, we articulate them, we talk to the mm-hmm. kids about them, we reevaluate them, we add to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is just, you know, that's such a brilliant concept. Yeah. 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 And you know, you know, one of the really cool pieces about that, Karen, is as a step parent, you know, Kim used that terminology earlier that a step parent sees a child through the lens of responsibility first. And yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a very um aware person of my environment. I'm a little picky. Yeah, I'd okay. say that. <laughs> <laughs> we could use lots of words for it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a little picky. And and so it's really easy for me to be like, why isn't that? But what's this doing here? How come you didn't do this? Why? You know, and I can get very overly focused, focused on that. But what I don't know, unless we have this kind of discussion, is what I purposefully need to actually just let go of right now because mm-hmm. it's not our priority for this period right. of time. Mm-hmm. And so when we have clarity on what those top three to five are, and I'm tripping over a toy, but we've decided as a couple that honesty and respect are more important than responsibility right now. But I also know in a few months, we're going to be coming back and mm-hmm. evaluating yeah. and maybe responsibility is going to be pulled up to you know higher on the list. Then it's so much easier for me to trip over that and be like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll, it's still annoying. We'll get to it. But we're going to get yes. to it. We can't yeah. do everything at once. And yeah, yeah. I agreed with Kim that, mm-hmm. you know, honesty and respect are more important right now. And so it's so much easier for me to know what I don't need to worry about, which is hard for a step parent. Yeah. And, and the flip side is true. It's so much easier for the bio parent to go, yeah, okay, I'm only focused on these three to five things. I'm not yeah. trying to do everything. And, you know, Mike's not going to climb down my throat because he tripped over a toy today because yeah. we've agreed that that we're not focused on that right now. Yeah, and we're on well, the same page. Yeah. What I love about that, you know, one of the questions I always tell my clients to ask is um, when they're getting triggered is how important is it? And yeah. to your point, it may be important, but how important is it right now there you go. is great because that's mm-hmm. like, it is very important, but right now it's not the priority. And yeah. I would imagine that that just invites some, some grace in yes. to you because it's like, it's not like it's never going to be right. addressed. It's just not going to be addressed right now in this, exactly. in this particular phase. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. prioritizing is so important because when, when we come together, 
One of the rules of thumb for a step parent is to focus on connection with step kids, not correction. That's right. Which means the bio parent is going to be the one enforcing mm-hmm. or calling out the code of conduct and the values. So you don't want to overwhelm the bio parent. Yeah. <laughs> so the bio parent, yeah. the bio parent mm-hmm. corrects and the step parent connects. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. For, exactly. for quite a while. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that needs to be the focus. In our, in our uh, relationship, we did a, quite a bit of learning before we got under one roof and got married. And um, we, for the probably the first two years, mm-hmm. we kind of upped the ante on that. And we said, okay, correction is coming from Kim because mm-hmm. she's the bio parent. And we're also going to try to find those little sweet spot moments where there's good news to be delivered. And we're going to let Mike be in the lead on that one with his stepdaughter. So the positive when, connection. Exactly. <laughs> because Kim's relationship with Annika, her daughter, it's, it's solid. It's secure. They're connected uh, 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 biology and yeah. all this history and all that stuff. And so her, in you know, giving, giving loving brunt. discipline yeah. is not going to break that relationship. Yeah. But me, even uh, even loving discipline can actually create negatives in this relationship because yeah. I don't have that history. I don't have that biological connection. And so we said, okay, well, on the nights, we're going to go to Annika's favorite restaurant for dinner. I say, hey, Annika, guess what? We're going to your favorite restaurant for dinner. Or, hey, Annika, guess what? We're going to Disneyland for vacation <laughs> this summer or whatever. Kim was there, yeah. but I got you to got say to deliver words. it. And yeah. so it just kept building sweet spots and like, hey, this guy's not so bad. Yeah, and yeah. so after a while... When she was ready, I was able to to be able to say, wait, 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 Annika, hold on. <laughs> Help me understand how that behavior is upholding this value. And now she's starting to take it from me a, a lot better yeah. because there's a basis for relationship. There's a connection built Trust there. Trust is built first. So yeah. You, yeah. you know, the thing that is coming to mind for me, and the last time we spoke to you guys really blew me away, is the 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 vital... Um, intentionality mm-hmm. that is required for this yep. blended family thing to work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, uh, you know, Ron Deal is our, our country's leading expert on uh, blended families. And I heard him, I think it was an interview once and somebody asked, you know, what, if you just give one piece of information or one piece of advice to a blended family couple, what would it be? And I remember him thinking for a second and he, he said, I think I'd tell them to learn everything they can about the realities of blended family life. Right. He's just like, I'm not going to give them a parenting idea or a marriage idea or anything like that. He's like, if I could tell you one thing, like go read the books, find the resources, keep on learning. learning. Don't, don't think you've got it figured out. We're 22 years in and we still don't have it all figured out. And we're coaching <laughs> couples yeah, around all this. So and we have to, to go, okay, well, what would we coach somebody to do if we're in this situation? Right. And and so just keep learning because it, it's complex. It can be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah of the I was just going to say, in terms of that learning, it's like, you know, you came in with a four-year-old. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a 24 and a 26-year-old. I've never had a 24 and a 26-year-old before now. So right. as a blended family, it's like, as the kids get to all yes. these different mm-hmm. levels, you're yep. dealing with it for the first time. So how could you not be just mm-hmm. constantly yeah. growing and learning from it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I think one of the biggest danger zones for a couple approaching a blend is avoidance. 
They think that, you know, we don't need to think about these things. It's all just going to come together, that magical thinking. And a lot of times they notice parenting behaviors in each other. (laughs) They'll notice little things and they'll think, huh, that's not how I parent my kids or, huh, I wouldn't let my kids get away with that. And they kind of brush it under the rug or minimize it or... I'll fix that when we get under one roof. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They come in like a bulldozer. I'm going to revamp everything. Um, Or even they kind of... Hero mode, yeah. Yeah, or Mm -hmm. sometimes they even, you know, oh, I just don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. And so they don't talk about these differences. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest danger zone. Yeah. You've got to get them up and talk about them. I noticed that you do this with your kids and I don't do that. You know, how is that going to work when we're under one one roof? And proactively, because you can make changes in your single parent home Mm -hmm. before you go under one roof. Mm -hmm. And that is ideal. Yes, We had a couple we coached years ago, the very first couple we coached professionally. Mm -hmm. And we asked them, what are your biggest concerns about, you know, merging households? And he said, and it was great that he, you know, he kind of noticed himself. He said, you know, I, I don't, I don't require my kids to clean up after themselves. They do nothing. Like I have a maid that comes and cleans up the whole house for them. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything. But my new partner, her kid is like, she's got after herself. And and yeah, the house is always clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very clean. She doesn't allow any mess to happen. In my house, there's a huge mess. The maid comes in, powerhouses through, and the kids know nothing about being responsible in that way. Huge concern Mm -hmm. because if they were to merge without talking about this, the new stepmom is going to go crazy, first of all, because she's used to having a nice, orderly, organized, clean home. And And she probably feels disrespected. Disrespected. And it would be very easy for her to jump into, hey, wait a minute, put your shoes away. Wait a minute. Why'd you leave your dishes there? You know, and start correcting right out of the gate. Yeah. Right. If they don't talk about this first. And mm-hmm. so they were able to strategize and he ended up firing his maid. This was months before their kindly, blend. Kindly. Kindly yeah. fired the maid <laughs> and said to the kids and fired the kids. Yeah. yeah exactly. Did a values thing. Hey, this is something important to learn for you to. You're going to need to know yep, this as an how adult. To take care of yourselves and, and clean up after yourselves. And he did not connect it to his new partner. That's the other thing. Don't don't throw months, them under the bus. That's right. Months before yeah. they got under the he same took roof. on the heat. This is something I want for you. Yep. He did a chore chart. He got these kids learning how to pick up after themselves and contribute to the household And then when they merged, it went so smoothly. These kids were already used to taking on this responsibility. And now that protected that step relationship. Stepmom didn't have to jump into correction. Yeah, it's not stepmom's fault anymore. Dad started this months ago. So they don't even associate it to stepmom. So that's (laughs) that's the best way. That's the best approach. But you can't get there if you're avoiding. That's right. If you hadn't. Yeah. If they hadn't talked about it and worked up a strategy of how are we going to manage this? 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's funny. That was going to be my next question. So, like, when do you start? And you start when today. Yeah. Today, you're <laughs> listening to this. Yeah. You start right now. Yeah, as soon as you're done with this show, yeah. go start. It's never yeah. too early. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because as you start having those conversations, even if you're you know dating seriously, yeah. we go back to the beginning of the conversation. Who's going to take offense? Who's going to who's yeah. going to get on the defensive? Who's going to say you know my way is my way and that too i would imagine is all really good information to see whether or not we're going to be heading to blending better to find out now than later if those conversations can't take place or at least hire someone like you guys to uh, help them kind of get that footing and and get on the same page and path together absolutely you know and and having that third party just Asking the questions, especially a third party who's been down the road already, um, and being able to help them navigate that conversation so that it's not, um, we don't have to take offense to it, mm-hmm. uh, is so powerful. We have, I don't know it's how many, I don't know how many couples uh, have been in our online course. It's you know, it's inexpensive and it's really simple, but so often we'll get calls of like, okay, we did the course, we we've we've kind of we've figured some stuff out. But we're still really struggling. Yeah. And then within a few sessions, yeah. we're get we're helping them get on the same right. page. They're unstuck. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. We all need that kind of help sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because the concepts are great, right? You guys are giving great concepts. I'm sure your online course is brilliant. Mm-hmm. But then when, you know, trauma, triggered reactivity, yep. you know, offense, when all of those yeah. things enter, you you really Mm. often need the assistance of people who do this professionally to to support you. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We all need that. Yeah. Yeah. And helping them move past the resistance that they perceive the kids are going to have. A lot of times bio parents are just terrified of, oh, no. How are my kids going to react? Yeah. (laughs) I got to tell them to put the cereal bowl in the dishwasher? Yeah. (laughs) That's not going to go over well. (laughs) But we we try to uh, ease ease their fears and help them see the bigger picture. I mean, we've hit resistance with our kids as well. There was a point in time when we decided, hey, our kids need to learn to cook. That's Mm. something we want for them. So we sat our kids down and we let them know, hey, you guys are going to be fixing one meal a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to show you, we're going to teach you how to cook. And our son immediately, no, uh -uh, I don't want to learn to cook. That's stupid. That's (laughs) done. I mean, he just completely shut us down. And we were kind of like, oh, okay. So we went back and kind of regrouped and we approached him in a different way based on what he values, which is money. He loves (laughs) to have money and save money. And He's so, a great saver. Yeah, yeah he mm-hmm. is. And so we approached it from his angle, knowing this child of, hey, dude, you know, someday you're going to have roommates, right? You're planning to go to college. You're going to have some roommates, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You know, how many of your roommates do you think will know how to cook? Well, you know, none of my friends, I'm sure probably none of them will. <laughs> well, what would it look like if you did know how to cook? All of your roommates are tired of eating fast food. And top ramen. Yeah. <laughs> and and you say, hey, I'll cook a home cooked meal. You guys go buy the groceries. And he's like, what? They pay ah, for the food? Free, free food? <laughs> Maybe. And so immediately he was on board. He's like, well, okay, wow. if I can save money by learning how to cook, you know, we, we kind of gave him a, a an angle. Yeah. And and so we had him up on a big step stool. He was probably 10, stirring a big pot of chili. <laughs> and we let him pick what he liked to cook. And 
And oh, that's great. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the amazing part was, is that he learned that he loved to cook. Yeah. And when he got to high school, he was picking for his electives culinary classes. Mm-hmm. And he's an amazing cook and he loves to blend spices and it's crazy, but he never would have discovered that. Yeah. If we had just backed down and said, oh, he's not into it. He doesn't want to do it. Let's not push him out of his comfort zone. Right. He never would have discovered this love of cooking and this Mm -hmm. skill that he has. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. We we try to help parents to to move past that. Oh, I'm going to upset my kids or they're not going to like it. Well, resistance and trauma are two different things. Yes. Yeah. And and struggle is not a four letter word. That's right. Let your kids struggle sometimes. It's okay. Good things can come out of these kind of Mm -hmm. life learning moments. That's right. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this has been great. This is like so enormously helpful. Um, I'm going to put a little note in that um, everybody whether they're planning on blending or not should really listen to this because the tips mm. are, are just fabulous. I love, I love your energy. I love how you teach. I love your, you have all these great little sayings, which is mm. so easy to remember. Mm. Um, do you have any last uh, words of wisdom or tips that you want to leave our listeners with before we say goodbye? The tip that I would give is when you have kids that have gone through divorce and they're expressing sadness or anger, and they're dealing with grief, it's really easy to fall into this place of permissive parenting like I did. We see this all the time where we pity our kids. We feel sorry for them. And in an attempt to kind of ease that that pity or guilt we feel, we overcompensate by making things too easy for them or trying to make up for the pain that they're they're experiencing. And what we've seen over and over as families blend is this creates a really tremendous um, amount of pain in a blended family. Mm-hmm. Because kids that are parented from a place of pity, we have one dad who his saying is, well, if my kids are happy, then I'm happy. So he just does whatever they want. He Mm -hmm. just says, yes, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. There's no boundaries. There's no healthy limits in place. It's just a free for all because he believes that his kids should always be happy. Well, now they're teenagers and there's this huge power struggle going Mm -hmm. on in this blended family home because these kids believe that the world revolves around them. Yeah. And he's parented from a place of pity for years. And our kids do not need our pity. They need our strong, consistent leadership. That's right. Mm -hmm. So that would be my word of advice. (laughs) And I would add to that as we're building that partnership so that we can be strong and Mm -hmm. consistent leaders, we need to actually get our focus off of compliance from the kids and on to clarity with our partner. Mm -hmm. And when we can build clarity with our partner and we can become really effective parenting partners, then we can actually uh, help the kids move toward the appropriate behavior. So it's a little deceptive, but get off of compliance and get on to clarity and things can change pretty quickly. Yeah, because you can't use that parenting tip we gave you of, hey, help me understand how this behavior aligns with the value unless you've set the expectations with the kids, unless they understand that. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece of advice I have is when your kids are hurting and they are going to be hurting, they could be grieving. 
and dealing with some some sadness instead of overcompensating and making everything perfect in their world choose to coach them through those tough emotions yeah be there with them be yeah. you know listen give empathy and walk them through that rather than trying to you know you know make it better make it better because yeah. because <laughs> grief is grief and we need to walk through that yeah right? well said mm -hmm. awesome. it's beautiful I mean, just beautiful. Mic drop. I got nothing left. Um, <laughs> that, that, this was great. I really, I appreciate you guys coming on. I love what you do and how you, you know, you're out there supporting and healing the world, one mm. blended couple and family <laughs> at a time. So thank you so much for coming mm -hmm. back again and sharing sure. your, you know, your, your wisdom and some of your tools with us. And Absolutely. Um, and if you're tuning in and this is a direction you're heading into, please go check out uh, Mike and Kim's Blended Family uh, podcast and mm -hmm. their website. What is your, can you just give a little information about how people can find you? Sure. You can look up the Blended Family Coaching Show on any of your podcast apps, or you're welcome to go to mikeandkimcoaching.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And is no, your we, online course on the Mike and Kim coaching.com platform? That's correct. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. called Step Beautiful. Families That Make It. Mm -hmm. Yep. Beautiful. And, that's right. And we do, by the way, offer free a free coaching call. And yeah. you can schedule that right there on our website and mm -hmm. meet with us and we can support you. Strategize and, next yeah. steps. That's mm -hmm. right. Yep. Yep. Cool. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank mm -hmm. you, Karen. We Thanks, appreciate Karen. you having always, us on. Always good to connect with you. Mm -hmm. Same here. And we'll be back real soon with another episode of All Things Parenting. Until then, you take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions. And it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.